Welcome to La Taverna Friuli Wines, the definitive podcast on wines from Friuli Venezia Giulia. I'm your host, Wayne Young. And here we are. Okay, the room is active. I'm going to start pinging some people in, so I'm going to start letting people know that we are on the air, we are ready, we are active, and waiting for them to come. I want to thank immediately Emily and Alex for coming in here tonight, coming all the way out to the Taverna studio here in Rizzi, beautiful downtown Rizzi, Udine, and uh, to come and talk about their, their company called Friuli Italian Wines. Thanks, guys, for coming out tonight. Thanks Thank for having you. us. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I'm glad you guys are bundled up. It's a little bit chilly here in the taverna. It's beautiful. Yeah, but it's 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 an honest experience, right? So, <laughs> so it's not. Yeah, we don't have a professional studio. So this um, is classic for you, Lee. It's perfect. Yeah, it, it, that's one of the reasons why when Rob offered the space, I was like, yeah, it's absolutely perfect. So, so I want to talk a little bit about you guys before we get into the company and before we get into that. And as you're talking, obviously, you'll see me sort of playing around with with club house and stuff hoping that people will come in and i'll get people up on stage and hopefully ask some questions yeah we already have somebody here anna is is here so i'll invite her up so hopefully we'll get some questions from clubhouse as well but if not there's always us so it's it's fine so tell me a little bit about yourself so you are emily you are american i am american i can tell by the accent <laughs> yeah i haven't uh, lost that yet yeah and alex you are from chividale if no, i remember correctly honestly i'm from codroipo ah okay a yeah. little bit different but yeah, yeah. adopted chividalese okay like i'm adopted for Ulano. Exactly. <laughs> for one year only one year yeah, oh, yeah. okay there you go there more or less yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay but my family is all from uh, codroipo so so you grew up in codroipo exactly and did you move to the states like when you were younger or have no. you always you've always lived here my life is uh a little bit everywhere let's say this way i was in kenya for six years kenya when I was a kid ah and that's then and then i what brought you to Ken kenya my family had a business there okay they had a touristic village uh-huh yeah, it's an amazing place you know when what they call the mald africa really exists so definitely i suggest anyone to go and visit you know i definitely have that in, in my plans yeah for sure so you lived in Kenya for six years, is it? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. From zero to six, basically. Ah, so when you were young, young. A little boy. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, we moved back to Italy. We made a family decision to move back to Friuli. Okay. And I grew up in Codroipo, went to school in Pordenone. And then when I was 18, 19, after high school, I started traveling Italy for work. And I ended up in Milan for six years. Okay. And what did you do in Milan? I was uh, doing design. Oh, okay. Yeah, design uh, f furniture for homes and uh, yeah, oh, okay. totally different space. Completely uh, different completely world. Different yeah. Space. Yeah. I still have that passion in me, you know, always have uh, that, that feelings, you uh, yeah. know, it's beautiful. I like the design uh, stuff. Now you just apply it to labels. Exactly. <laughs> ah, so you, ah, okay. We'll get into that exactly. when we start talking about Bira Friuli. I'm okay. very, I'm very particular you know when you come down to labels so you know i 
I try to bring my experience, you know, what I learn and what I I acquire in my life and try to put in, in another business now. So okay. that's definitely my value in this. So uh, did you guys meet through wine or did you meet before the wine project? Before. Before. Yeah. Before. Yeah. So how did you guys meet? Well, <laughs> you say that. <laughs> I was living in Milan. I was born and raised in California in the middle of now what is Silicon Valley. And I had the wonderful experience of studying abroad when I was in college. Went to Milan, fell in love with the language and the country and the it's people. It's hard not to. It's hard not to. So I went back for a year, finished up university, and then applied for a master's in Milan. Got into that miraculously and moved back and just kind of stayed. I mean, I had been there for five, almost six years. Um, when I, I was getting ready to go home, I figured, you know, I should probably go back to the U.S., didn't, okay. didn't have a sense saved, spent it all on travel, would do it again. And, and then ended up at a fateful um, Halloween event, believe it or not. Mm. And that's how we met. Cool. And, uh, yeah. and so we lived in Milan for several years before we decided to move back to the States. And it was kind of during that time that, you know, we were figuring out if we do move to the States, what do we get into, you know, we kind of both wanted a change. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we kind of started talking, we had gone to the U S on vacation and, you know, Alex in, when we would go to restaurants, he'd say, Hey, there's no, there's no Friuli wine here. What's, mm. what's, how come? Okay. And so that's kind of how the whole thing started. Cool. And so have you, have you guys both been sort of like wine lovers all your lives or is that something that you sort of fell into as time went on did you i mean obviously growing up in california and in codroipo these are this is wine country <laughs> yeah. so wine had to be a part of your yeah. life since when you were small yep yeah yep we always you know i've uh, been wine in the family you know especially okay. friuli is i think uh, in every family you find a bottle of wine on the table okay and of course going along with the years uh, you get more passion, more passion mm -hmm. about food, the wine, uh, the beautiful things of life, I think, you know? Absolutely. And, yeah. uh, and then we saw that was an opportunity and we decided to, to do that. And, but of course, we are, it's not here tonight. Uh, we are missing our two other business partners tonight. Uh, right. Patrick was uh, here at the beginning and he did uh, the selection. So he started and became... Uh, uh, certified sommelier okay and uh that's how you know we picked up the wines uh, who oddly enough has the same last name as you guys yeah. but exactly. no relation no relation Corazza. exactly, exactly. Yeah. that's funny. armor yeah they, they, uh, Corazza means farmer armor armor oh, armor. armor you know okay. like the big medieval coat yeah. of arms uh -huh. yeah, that's a Corazza. Yeah. Oh, okay see i didn't know that thank you yeah. appreciate that okay and uh, yeah, don't. and we were there in the meantime applying for the licensing uh, and all that. But uh, of course, Patrick was the first one to get really into no wine better, you know, of course, because oh, okay. he was studying, you know. Okay, so formally studying exactly. wine, where you guys were just sort of drinking, drinking and loving wine, <laughs> exactly. of course. Like, exactly. you don't need a degree to love wine. It's, exactly. you know, it's one of the things that is always sort of to me about wines that people think that they need like a, to be a sommelier to understand wine and drink and love is, is something you can do with no education whatsoever. Totally. So, totally. So, but it's totally. always good to have somebody on the staff who studied. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And so, and so, how did you hook up with him? In Milan too. In Milan as well. We all the big three Milan of us. collection of connection well, here. Short, right before we met, he met Patrick. Yeah. Okay. In a I met Patrick. But is he also Friulano? Yeah, yes. from Faedis. From Faedis. <laughs> and you all met, Jesus, and you all met in Milano. Yeah. Wow. And I thought Friuli was small. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, it's it's, it's a great story. Yeah, we met one and year I, before uh, me and Emily met. and uh, In a car dealership, because yeah. Patrick was a car salesman back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> also. Yeah. yeah. We exchanged business card. And uh, after that, we exchanged business card. We look at each other and we say corazza that's you know, funny and that was it and you know it's how can you i cannot be loved at the first sight you know when you exactly find something like that okay yeah and it was and you also have max ago, years ago. and max i yes. know max max you know yeah. i've met I yeah. know max for a long time <laughs> he says i I told oh, him that we tell were him I said, yeah. It. Yes. No, we, we've had quite a few drinks together, Max and I. Yeah. Oh, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Back in the Dark Star days. Yeah. He was, uh, he came to, to Friuli a couple of times when he was working with them. And uh, yeah, we've, we had a couple of late nights. Him much later than I because I'm old <laughs> and I don't have that kind of stamina anymore. He's a big dude too, to knock it yeah. off. So oh, he's yeah. Gonna, he's got a lot of body mass. Exactly. He's not like fat like me, no, but no. he's just, you know, he's, he's a tall guy, so he can put it away. And yeah, I don't have that kind of capacity anymore exactly so uh, and max, us, to tell him i said hi yeah of course and max was definitely the the thing that we were missing along the road because uh, he started like uh yeah, he's a partner with us and uh, he started uh, over a year ago more or less uh, during the pandemic we met before the pandemic mm -hmm. but during the pandemic that's when we became closer and closer okay and we decided to partner up and definitely brought that expertise and skills that uh, we were missing you know being him for a longer time in the industry and he'd been working for 10 years already in the okay. wine industry and uh, with the uh, larger companies exactly too, larger so. companies right. of course like bastianic yeah and, uh, dark star he, yeah so we forth. we like started with cases on our living room floor <laughs> and really <laughs> yeah so i mean that's the way you got to do it yeah and it was just the three of us and we had no idea what we we're doing but we figured it out whereas max brought us a lot of the structure and right. you know just the knowledge about the industry that we needed and the market and all yeah. that sort of stuff contacts and yeah. all that stuff. that's good stuff and the, uh, the best thing about people from i mean freely so small so when you find somebody from freely in the states it's like just immediate you know camaraderie and yeah, like bond. love at first sight and <laughs> And it's nice because, you know, people look at what we do and they're like, man, you guys are crazy. But wow, that brings me like a lot of pride as somebody from Friuli in the U.S., you know. Exactly. So that's, that's definitely something that sort of ties. I mean, everybody in, in Italy is is proud yeah. of where they're from. But it's, it seems almost sometimes like Friuli, Friulani more so, you know, do you guys know. have that sort of feeling? Have you? Have you adopted yeah. that kind of pride? Obviously, since For you're sure. <laughs> only dealing with Friuli and wines. Yeah. So why did you make that choice to go? Well, first of all, how long ago did you start, you know, Te gathering together your portfolio and selling wines in the States? Technically, it was... Uh, 2015. 2015. 2015. Oh. Yeah. We incorporated in 2015. It took us... A year and a half, almost two, to get all the licensing because okay. <laughs> what we didn't know at the time is that wine is classified with up there with like tobacco and arms. Exactly. So <laughs> BATF. 
You are back all tobacco and firearms, yeah. yeah. So you get the full background check, you get the full workup. It, you know, it took a while. So we started actually selling. It was beginning of 2017. Okay. And, you know, it was small and local at the beginning. It was literally Alex selling wine that we had shipped over and were, you know, either cold storing in fridges in our living room or it was. That's funny. <laughs> it's a very small operation. Yeah. We so started with three wineries at the beginning. Yeah, I was going to say, who who were you? Who are sort of your like your founding wineries? Well, you guys have been working for with yeah. since the beginning. Uh, Speconia, Tiare di Leonardo. Okay. Um, and then we started working with uh, Marco Cecchini, also Perusini, and then along the road we we um, partner up, and I, I would like to say more like we familyed up, you know, because yeah. those are family for us, you know, they became they became a family. With uh, a little bit over 21 wineries right now. 21? Yeah. All Friulian? Only Friulian. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Only Friulian, yeah. Okay. We were, I think, crazy enough to do this because, like you said, who drinks Ribola Gialla, you know, in, uh, <laughs> in the U.S.? It's, uh, it's a new thing. And even, like, thinking about the production, that the possibility of production that we have is very small compared to the rest mm -hmm. of the world, you know? So... Um, but we said, you know what, we believe in it and uh, we want to show that there are not only big names out. We want to challenge also Piemonte, Toscana, nice. you know. And uh, of course, a little bit whites is uh, something easier. Pinot Grigio, Sauvignon, Chardonnay, international varietals are a little bit, you know, more friendly, familiar for Californian to okay. start working with it. But then you put out a bottle of Refosco, Schiopettino, Pignolo, Ribolla, Tokai, Frulano. Okay. I like to call it Tokai Frulano still, you know, even when you can. If you can call it Tokai Frulano when you grow it in California. Exactly. You should be able to call it Tokai California on the podcast as well. So. Exactly. Yeah, and that, that, that was it. Um, and right now, you know, it's, um, it's fantastic seeing people loving really the Ribolla Gialla in uh, California or in Seattle, you know. Uh, that's uh, that's a big achievement. Or see really? like a, so, Ribola Jala has been the big hit. Well, it is also because there are some producers now in California that are planting Ribola Jala. That's mm -hmm. crazy. And uh, they, of course, try to do a little bit more orange wine style. Mm -hmm. But okay, yeah, Grovner and all honestly, that. doesn't matter. You know, it's the name Ribola Jala that is out, and that reminds Frioli. You know, so yeah. it's it's great. It's great. It's, uh, it's great because if you look back, like Emily was saying, you see a couple boxes on the floor of your house uh, mm -hmm. and then now you see like growers uh, and uh, farmers that are planting ribolla or uh, schiupettino. And 40-foot containers being shipped now. Yeah. Not just... <laughs> okay. Exactly. Obviously not to your living room. Exactly. Obviously no. not yeah. to your living room. <laughs> I wish I could ship a 40-foot container just in, to my living room. In your living room, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think the, the nice thing about starting in California which is why we decided to start there is because you have the, you know, from the expert consumer that's traveled to France and Italy and so really knows the wines to the Psalms who have certainly, you know, heard of Friuli and, and maybe even a few of them have been here. But even the kind of mainstream, you know, customer is curious and has grown up around wine, especially in Northern California, you know, being close to Napa and of Sonoma. Course. And so the, even the average consumer, I'd say, is probably more curious than what you might get in other areas. And so that, that's really what made us decide to 
kind of open this like really niche market um, because you have a lot of big importers that's, you know, they sell the Piemonte and they sell the Tuscan wines. You have a lot of smaller importers that sell all of Italy or they maybe do Italy and France. Okay. Nobody's crazy enough to pick this you know, tiny just little area of Italy and do just that. Exactly. And, you know, we've always figured, you know, pick something that nobody's doing and try to do it well. Yeah. And that's been our whole mission. And, you know, plus who better to sell wines from this area than, you know, three guys from this area and a a girl from California (laughs) who feels, you know, adopted and who's learning to speak the dialect even. Really? Um, So I'm like number one fan of Freely. Nice. (laughs) So, so I think it gave us, you know, it was kind of like the right moment, the right time, but also the right place since the consumers really, you know, showed interest and they, they gave us a leg up and now we're seeing that kind of across the West coast. So so I, I would always think of sort of California being uh, a more sophisticated market, obviously, because there are more wine drinkers, more educated wine drinkers. And I always tell people, you know, when you talk about the more sophisticated markets, you're talking about New York, which is sort of halfway between Napa and, and, and Friuli. <laughs> and you have the West Coast, which have their own sort of wine world out. But you guys live here in Friuli and you see how hard it is in Udine to get a bottle of Tuscan wine. So is California a little bit less sort of um, closed about drinking only California wines? Are they looking for more experiences in a market like California? So they're open to Friuli? I think uh, made in Italy is sexy. Oh, okay. That's the point. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, that's the key that we have to use more and I'm talking about in general in the wine industry, okay. you know, from from Italy. Uh, that's the product that still American people loves. Loves they Italian. Love it. Any, they anything love it. Italian, yeah. yeah. They yeah. love it. So, I mean, look at like building material. You know, it's like, oh, this stone is from Tuscany, or exactly this. You know, I import my coffee or everything from Italy is already like you're. It's perceived as being like this is great quality. It's from Italy. It's going to be good. It's going to have a good you know product design. And then if you say, well, you know, we, we're actually in this area of Italy that not a lot of people know, and that piques the interest more because it's like, oh, this is something kind of new. I might be the first one to, you know, try this amongst my friends. And so that helps too. <laughs> I've always, you know, I've always said that because when I worked as a psalm in New York and I used to tell people that people would come into the restaurant and just ask for a glass of Pinot Grigio and I would give them Tokai instead. <laughs> Without telling them. And they would say, oh my God, that's the what best that? Pinot Grigio I've ever had in my entire life. And I was like, yeah, because it's not Pinot Grigio. And then I would explain to them. And now all of a sudden you've taken them out of their comfort zone. You've given them a little bit more knowledge than their friends have. So they feel empowered. So they're confident, they're empowered, and they feel like, oh, okay, I want to try that again. So then they go out with their friends and they were like, do you have a Tokai Friulano? And everybody's like, look at the big wine brain on Brad. You know, they were like, where'd you start drinking all this fancy shit? So yeah, it's, it's really important, I think, to bring people into that, that kind of mindset that Friuli is cool, but it's a tough sell, I'm sure. It is, uh, and also because, uh, let's be honest, we don't have that much quantity, you know, to conquer the whole world exactly you know so think about like uh, the most planted grapes are glera and pinot grigio yeah you know should be totally the opposite should be 
Tokai, Ribola Gialla, Malvasia, no? Schiopettino, Schiopettino exactly. yeah. That's, that's the point when you make sense in the wine industry. So the, the more familiar grapes like Sauvignon and Pinot Grigio are like the foot-in-the-door wines. Bravo. And then you say, well, you like Pinot Grigio. Let me show you something. Exactly. Yeah. And Let me show you the good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think the one of the you know coolest things that I see happen is when a client you know has been our client for maybe a year or two years, and and they say, you know, Alex or Patrick or Max, you know, I can you give me some advice on the rest of my Italian wine list? You know, I know you guys only do Friuli, but can you, you know, give me some advice, maybe help me build out something similar to what you guys do, but for other regions. Okay. So there's definitely that click of, you know, we want something new and different and, and it's nice so, to hear customers ask them, you know, can you help me find that? Even if it's not from Friuli, is there any advice you can give me or any, you know, contacts you can give me to help me kind of get, do the same thing that we do with you, but for other regions. Very cool. So it's almost like, Oh, well, if you know about this little secret mm. region, what other little secret regions do you know about? So they might be, you build up this kind of trust because you have kind of a niche knowledge that other people don't have. Yeah. So that's very cool. And yeah. it's, I'm, I'm happy that you have people actually coming and saying, help me out with some other stuff, not just for Yuli, but keep pushing for Yuli. Of course. We need more work on for Yuli. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need the for Yuli name out. As cool. much as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. I actually do have a couple of people up on stage. I'm really happy that there's Francesco and Antonio, but I'm super happy that Renee Sfrazza is up. I don't know if you guys know her, but she's super big on Instagram. And she used to come to my rooms all the time on Clubhouse when I first started. And I'm super happy that she's here. So Francesco, Renee, Antonio, if you guys have any questions, jump in. No, I think it, I, I'm just listening to the story. And thank you. Thank you for that wonderful compliment. Not going to lie. I got busy there with my Instagram. You're, you're like my favorite Instagram person. <laughs> oh, thank you so I much. Always, I, I always like and watch your Instagram stuff. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm actually doing some work while I'm listening to you guys, but it's on tequila. But I have a Friulano, um, a Friulano and Pinot Grigio in the fridge for tonight. Ooh. So I was like, oh, this is very fitting for me. Who's Friulano? Um, what? Do you know who's, do you remember who's Friulano it is that you have in the fridge? Actually, no, I don't because it came uh, as something for me to review and it came today and I, and I literally just picked up the bottle and I can't quite remember it, but I like looked at it, I saw the back first. I just happened to pick up the bottle on the back first. And I was like, oh, Friulano, it's a white wine, whatever it is, it's going to be great. <laughs> like, so well, I look I forward just, like, to your, uh, your Instagram post about it. Yeah, most I think it's surprising to most people that most of the time whenever wine comes here, I don't necessarily register what I put in the fridge. I just put it there because I know it has to be cold and I'll okay. get to it eventually. Okay. So that's just my way of, of uh, compartmentalizing my day. But I think it's really awesome that uh, you guys are bringing so much notoriety to, to Friulani and produced wines. I used to have an importing company focusing mainly on Italian wines up here in Canada. Uh, I know how difficult it is to import products. I actually just recently learned how hard it is for you guys to get samples in the States. Yeah, I forgot, to, I forgot to, to mention that Renee's Canadian, but we like her anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm a good Canadian. No, I'm teasing you, Renee. I know, I know, I know. But I, I recently heard how much harder it is for you guys there to be doing some importing. So, But I think it's really lovely that you guys are spreading the joy of uh, wonderful Friulani wines. 
I think um, when I was studying wine, probably one of the best uh, explorations into tannins and how interesting cherry notes can develop in Italian wines from, was from uh, exploring Scopettino even more. Cool. So Friolano holds a really wonderful place in my heart. And I'm just giving you guys a cheers, apparently with tequila at this moment. But <laughs> I love tequila too. Man does not live by wine alone. <laughs> so what yeah, we're going to do, we're going to do with Stevie Kim and the Rapuzzi brothers on the third, on the 17th of March, we're going to do a whole fireside chat about Scipitino with, uh, with Stevie Kim. I will definitely put that in my calendar. Yes. Yeah, so you got to be there. Cool. All right. Francesco. Cool. Francesco, did you have a, a comment or a question for, uh, for Alex and Emily? No, no. So um, I just wanted to say hi to all of you. Uh, I'm actually working. Okay. And, um, and I wanted to listen to you, but I just pop up because I saw you a long time here. I just wanted to say hi. Thanks, Francesco. Hi Alex and Emily. And uh, anyway, I'm, Rene is drinking tequila. I'm drinking Negroni, but I was about to nice. pop up. Um, Nothing wrong with the Negroni. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. I was about to pop up uh, a bottle of Jacot. Of the ah, green, so. okay. See, they made us so thirsty, huh, Francesco? <laughs> That's good. That's sorry, good. sorry. Anyway, I'm listening to you guys, and many, many, many compliments to Alex and Emily and uh, all the guys that are working with you guys. Grazie. 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 Ciao. Ciao. So I wanted to ask you guys, because I have my sort of moment, but did you guys, can you like sort of reaching back into your memory? sort of like that first Friuli wine moment when you were just like, wow, this wine is really good. This really like this, like could put Friuli on the map for you guys. What was, do you, do you have a memory of that? Emily, Alex? I, my, I'll, I'll talk about my kind of first impact with a winery in Friuli. And it was not dissimilar to kind of the Taverna that we're in right now. Um, which is where I, you know, my mind as an American was just absolutely blown by the history and okay. just kind of this like rustic familial excellence. I think that's the best way of putting it. So when I, it was the first time I, or maybe it was the second, no, it was the first time I was in Friuli. So this is about 10 years ago. And uh, my first winery experience ever was the winery Yakus, okay. um, who we now work with. And who are fantastic. So hello. And we went we went into their, you know, their tasting room, which again was kind of like this taverna. It had this rustic stove in the corner. There was their two brothers and their, you know, one of their daughters who at the time was about 12, <laughs> 12 or 13, I think. And you know, they're they're putting salami on the grill for us and they're doing this, you know, vertical tasting and they've got tatselenge, which I had never heard of. Yeah. And you know, it was just emblematic of like generations of winemaking and so much passion. And I think we must have sat there, I don't even know, six hours, seven hours, and they're feeding us multiple courses. And I don't even know how many bottles were on the table. And I just went, you know, this, this is, this is actually absurd. I've never seen anything like this. You yeah. don't get this in Napa or in Sonoma. Um, I had never experienced anything like this, even, even in Italy. And then at the end of it, you know, I'm like, how much is the tasting fee? Like this has got it. And Alex goes there, huh? They're, they're, we don't, yeah, we don't have, and, I, and I said, what do you mean? There's no tasting fee. Yeah. We don't have that. You know, 
largely and freely. You know, it's respectful. You go to a winery, you buy some cases at the end. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was just completely at a loss for words at just the passion and the excellence of the wines and the history and the fact that everything was done by hand. Um, and it was, that was my first impact with just the whole wine world in Friuli. And I was, I was just dumbfounded. Yeah. Sounds very similar to, to my sort of iconic experience as well. But Alex, what about you? Is there like a wine or a moment that sort of like I, cemented Friuli in your brain? I, I, more than a wine, I would say a varietal. Okay. Yeah. And because I remember since I was I started drinking. I have this these thoughts of uh, Merlot, you know. Okay. And that was the the red wine that always reminds me home. Merlot, and, that, and that's Friuli, see. Uh huh. Yeah, okay. and I remember, you know, been drinking Merlot, 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 basically uh, almost my whole life before I was getting more into wine uh, uh, as job and passion you so know? that was kind of your go-to yeah exactly wine the film it, sideways didn't have the same impact on <laughs> <here> that <it laughs> did. yeah well it left a lot of merlot for you to drink that's for yeah, sure <laughs> exactly exactly but that was the the um, the warm the warm that's memory a, that yeah. i have you know you the merlot varietal they are so specific the merlot from friuli you know and uh, all the time that i drink that it's really like uh Cozy, you know, mm. it's a cozy time. I, ju- I just had a really good Merlot. Was it last night? Yeah, it was last night. I had from uh, Fiegel, ah, their Leopold Oslaga. Merlot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was really, really good. It was a little bit, a little bit um, closed when it was first opened, but with a little bit of air, it became absolutely beautiful. So yeah, Merlot, I think Merlot does so well here, and it's sort of kind of gotten forgotten a little bit. It's still great when you go into a wine bar and you get a Merlot because a glass of Merlot is always awesome. Mm-hmm. But I think there's so much attention now towards autochthonal varieties, native varieties, Schiappettino and Rafalsco and, and all that sort of stuff. That it, It's kind of gotten a little bit lost, but I, I think it's important we don't forget that that's a really awesome, great variety here. Too. Wayne, I have a question for you. Oh, yeah. Go what ahead. is your favorite varietal from Friuli? it's like picking a favorite child is all the winemakers always say the same thing right i always pull out that that thing no my favorite grape variety my favorite red grape variety and vying for favorite overall right now is schiappettino i love schiappettino mm-hmm. and i really 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 love malvasia mm. i used to think that friuli friulano was king the tokai was king and i still have a big, big spot in my heart, but there are some Malvasias, and you guys work with one of them, that I think are just stratospheric, and uh-huh. that's Carpino. Uh-huh. Their yeah. Malvasia is just off the freaking charts. I agree. And if you can't, if you, if you, you, and I hope you guys bring a lot of that into California because people need to know that one. And the that family are like the the sweetest, nicest, most amicable, warmest people you've ever met in your entire life. Yes. I went up there the other day just to, to pick something up, and I called him and said, hey, can I come by and pick up some Malvasia? And I'm like, no, we're in quarantine. Stay away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all have COVID. So I was like, oh, shit, okay. They're, so ba- they're better now. We were there. A couple of days ago. Friday, I don't know. Yeah. Last Friday. I have to go back up Saturday. and get some more. <laughs> yeah. so, so those are my favorite. But my, my iconic Friuli moment was with Radicon. Mm. And it was, I remember going with Joe to Radicon stand when he actually had a stand at Vinitaly and Joe was complaining that he was having bottles that were oxidized and, and Stanko said, it's not my problem, it's your problem. 
And he was like, when you come to Friuli, come over and I'll show you that it's your problem and it's not my problem. So we went to his house and we like literally sat in the kitchen. Um, their youngest child was like crawling around on the floor. Sasha was like 17 years old and oh like playing gosh. heavy metal on his guitar in the other room. Mm. Swear to God, this is a true story. And we like sat in their kitchen and they made us lunch and he just pulled out vintage after vintage after vintage of wine. And he was like, no oxidation, no oxidation, no oxidation. His problem's yours. <laughs> so, and that was, that, and that really sort of blew me away. Exactly the same thing. You're like mm. in somebody's house and you're there yeah. for hours. So yeah, when and you they, come to Friuli, you realize that's how it goes. And they just treat you like you're part of the family. Exactly. The first time you meet them. It's, yeah. yeah. Exactly. They, they, they think Friulano are close, but then when they open their heart, mm -hmm. I think they are unique. Yeah, what I've always heard, it's like in the South, they, they sort of open up to you right away, but you can't get close. Mm -hmm. Here, it's hard to get close, but when you, they do open you're in for life. Yeah. It's like you're a, a part of the family. You've been adopted immediately. And I totally found that to be true. And that's Have you as the, an outsider? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's actually a big part of the, the story, but the reality that we tell when we're, you know, <clears throat> in, the, in the market in the States, because it's something that I think people are, you know, it, again, Napa and Sonoma, it's it's hard to find that these days right like you're lucky if you get to meet a winemaker really? in a lot of the places okay. because it, you know it's just gotten so big and and i think a lot of uh, you know a lot of people want that kind of familial feeling and they they like to hear about a place where you're welcomed and you know you're you're treated so well you get to do these vertical tastings and taste right. all these crazy vintages that you know it's it's something i think that's rare and that I, I hope lasts here and we try and bring, you know, wine buyers and a select group of people that we, we think would, you know, enjoy the exposure. I think we need sh we should do more of that. I hope we get to do more of that. Uh, obviously COVID has kind of yeah. cut that short. <laughs> Travel has been tough. Slightly. But hopefully we get to do more of that in the future because people, you know, when, when somebody from the wine world comes here for the first time, uh, they go back and, you know, Friuli is all they talk about for a month afterwards. And exactly. so it's just nice to see that it has the same effect on others. I think that it had on me. Mm -hmm. uh, you're right. You're right. We had um, our, one of our distributor that we partner up uh, in the West Coast. Uh, mm -hmm. He was here uh, almost a month ago. Okay. Yeah, there were three uh, of first them. First time. Three of them First here. time, yeah. They loved it. They fell in love with it and they went back to the U.S. and it, just start to sell Friuli wines. That's great. You know, and that's when you figure it out that that's how you should do it, I think, you know, because people need to see what we have here and then they bring it back with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I've always thought that way. Once you get people here, yeah, that's the best way of sort of cementing that in their memory. That's always what I also tell the producer, you know, you should like start thinking differently. Think about like bringing people here, mm. you know, beside of you going there. Also, yes, you can make great wines, be a great producer and all that. But think about it. you have maybe 10 appointments, eight appointments during the day. You see someone for like 30 minutes, one hour, you do a tasting, then you run. Here you are in your home. You just show him, you know, your family and your land. And uh, you do your normal thing. Your normal things. Uh, yeah. Actually, one day of your life and they forever yeah people love it we're trying to get I, I hope we can do more with the region too because i think there's been a lot of focus on like outward 
funding into like the brand of Friuli. Okay. But I think something that we can all do more of and that the region itself can do more of is like outreach to get people here. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so I, I hope we can, you know, keep keep having conversations and, and do more outreach of that kind because I think that, that makes somebody like a, you know, loyal fan for life. Absolutely. It's a shame that, that my friend Nat and my friend and co-host Natalie um, couldn't make it tonight. Unfortunately, she had some other commitments. But she, yeah, she's totally about this whole thing of like bringing people in. She's from London. So her whole focus is on like getting people from the UK mm. to take that Ryanair flight to Treviso or even to, to Trieste if you can get them over and bringing them to this place and show them, showing them what's going on. And you, you really make a big impact that way. So yeah, I totally agree with that. It's, it's, rather than gathering up the winemakers and shooting them out into the globe, it's like, let's start bringing some important people and bringing them over here and showing them what we've got. So, and you guys are obviously doing that. We're trying. Yeah. <laughs> Bring me over. I'll do a whole Instagram campaign on it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Renee, you're on the list. <laughs> yeah, keep me on the list. I'm good for this type of stuff. You're on the list. Absolutely. Thanks, Renee. I appreciate that. Now, and Renee's got a lot of followers too, so she's uh, she's hot. She's uh, hot in the, in the sense that a lot of people follow her. And I'm not making any <laughs> sexist remarks. She's a very pretty lady, but I'm not trying to be sexist about you know. She's really hot, no, but I'm saying she's hot as in people people. Yeah, pay you're making it to worse. Her. It's okay. We can Sorry, I'll shut up. I'll shut up now, Renee. Anyway, no, uh, it's good. Yeah, it's cool. It's all good. <laughs> um. So. Uh, so you've expanded, right? So you started just in the California market, which is a huge market because California is like bigger than Italy. And now you're covering the whole West Coast. So Oregon and Washington as well. Exactly. Yeah. So how have those, and I don't, you know, obviously Washington and Oregon are also wine savvy markets, but maybe a little less so than California. How has that expansion gone for you guys? It's, it's great. Uh, and that's uh, definitely the um, the help that max brought into the company you know being there he's he lives in seattle too oh, okay so but all the connection he had with distributors and all that really helped us to expand in that market but also i was reading an article that portland for example per capita is the second city in the u.s consumer of italian wines no kidding yeah <laughs> After second city, after New York, yeah, huh? So I would have never thought. Yeah, me either. Are there a lot of Italians in Portland, or is it just the people no. there are crazy about Italy? It's people crazy about Italy primarily. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You think maybe? I mean, I've funny enough never been to Portland. Alex has been to Portland though. Mm. Do you think maybe it's just because the culture in Portland is maybe a little like? It's kind of off the beaten path in general, and maybe because people are just looking for something different there. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I think that's the point for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And also living in the spectrum of Seattle, right? Because I see like there is some duality between uh, Seattle and Portland. Mm -hmm. Like Udine and Trieste. Trieste. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, things arrive first in Seattle and then they go to Portland and now they are, you know, trying to catch up, I think. And Oregon has become uh, hot. Place oh. to go, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Hot city, a lot of like Californian and uh, other U.S. Uh, citizens moved to Oregon. You know, and I almost moved to Oregon when I was like 
12 years old, 13 years old. <laughs> my mom wanted to move across country. Thank God we didn't. <laughs> no, otherwise, my life would have been completely different. So. Maybe you would have been a winemaker, right? You know, because they're a big winemaker producer. When I, I and I'm dating myself now, when I went to, to Oregon, when I went to, to Portland, we were in Dundee, which is like the heart of wine, Pinot Noir country now. There was not a single vine. <laughs> Wow. In that entire valley, it was all filberts and walnuts. It was all hazelnuts and walnuts. There was no wine at all. That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. So I was there a long, long time ago. It's like wow. the 70s. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's, that's cool. It that's was, yeah, cool. it was pretty fun. It was that's pretty funky. Cool. I couldn't believe that it, it, that it grew up that way and became like such a big wine country. So, yeah, oh, I guess, crazy. yeah, people who live in these places also, when they get to a certain kind of level of sophistication and saturation of their own wines, they start looking for new experiences. So that's cool. We're, we're likely going to test a couple new markets too here shortly that are quite different. Mm. So we'll... We'll see how it goes. Maybe can you we, say? Can, we can update. Or is that a secret? I'm, I'm going to leave that to... No, no, you say. You say. <laughs> well, we started, Do we need a drum roll? No. Okay. Well, we started to Sound sell effects. also in Vegas. Okay. Yeah. Tough did, market. Uh, yeah. Tough market. Vegas market. Just a couple steps for right. now, but, you know, it's... Uh, you have to start one, somewhere at one yeah. point, right? And then... But uh, anybody that goes to the Cosmo... Can find <laughs> Italian wines, the Cosmopolitan. Hotel. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's so go to the Cosmopolitan and buy Friuli wines. Buy Friuli wines. Yeah. yeah. And then Texas too. And so, Texas. Yeah. 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 Also Texas. I was so. just I was just listening tonight on the way over to Jeremy Parsons. Jeremy Par, you know Jeremy Parsons, yeah. Houston. He has a podcast now ah. with um, this guy called the Sporty Wine Guy first two episodes were up so i was listening to him i love jeremy he came here with a bunch of bloggers way back in the early 2010s like 2012 something like that so like 10 years ago so i've known jeremy for a long time and i'm happy that he's getting into the, the but they were talking about how sophisticated houston is as a as a wine market and that it's it's actually way more sophisticated than i thought it was more so than austin because it's austin's all kids who are looking for ten dollar bottles yeah. From what he from what he told me on the on the podcast today so good 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 markets to be breaking into very good all the best of luck with that thank you without a doubt i know las vegas is very tough i know i heard it's all kinds of stories about las vegas and how little importers and distributors just get crushed by the <laughs> three thousand ton godzilla of distributors in las vegas and stuff so yeah. If you stay under the radar, maybe he won't notice you. You have always <laughs> to stay under the radar. You, <laughs> you, know? have to, you have to. Tell me about some of the other um, producers that you work with. So we've talked about Spiconia. We've talked about Yakus. And we've talked about uh, Il Carpino, right? So You guys work with Moschioni as Moschioni, well? Moschioni, yes. Okay. Those course. wines must go over well in, in California. They do. Big, brawny, burly yeah. style wines just like Michele. Just like Michele. Exactly. <laughs> They're also our neighbors, so we have a, a particular affinity for Do the you guys live in Galliano? Yeah, we we're actually right, we right share a Orsona. wall with Orsoni. Oh my God, you live there. Yeah. Wow. Just it's, for a little it's gonna while open longer. again. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Just for a little while longer. So you're gonna find another place? Yeah, we we did we'll be migrating sometime around Yeah, get May. out before our Sony <laughs> opens again. <laughs> no, we have a disaster. we have a deal with them already, don't we? <laughs> Do you really? Yeah, for a beer in exchange for the loud music. <laughs> 
So you give them beer and they turn the music down? <laughs> no, no. They keep the music up, but they buy beer from us. <laughs> oh, okay. I see, I see. Okay. Which is a, a whole other topic. Exactly. Oh, that's cool. Ah, exactly. so, and so where are you guys going to go after that? In, into the center of Chiquidala or back to no, Cook, California? Not, not far, not far. Cormones. Ah, okay. Yeah. Wow. You guys move around a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you keep your mind fresh. Yeah. It's true. You know, right. they say, you know, in England, they say a change is as good as a rest. Yeah. So if you keep yeah. moving, if you keep changing, it keeps things exciting. Exactly. Yeah. Alex, Alex is literally and figuratively like a halftime resident in both. So he's now dual citizen and he's ah. actually going back Saturday to the States. Yeah. I'm living in two days. Work. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you did say you were heading back. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So work related. So back yeah. on the trail and selling wine. Yeah, there is also the Trebicchieri trade show. So oh, okay. it's going to be first in LA, then San Francisco, and then I'm going to Seattle for work too. So. Which of your wineries are going to be? Tiare. What's that? Tiare. Tiare. With a Sauvignon. Sauvignon Blanc. You know, that's one of the wineries that I have never visited. Really? I'm ashamed to say that I've never been to Tiare. Yeah, we can. Can you set me up with that? Yeah. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, I would love to. They're very nice, cool people. Are they cool people? Yeah. I've met them. Plenty of times at various events here in Friuli, but I've never visited. And I've always said, oh, yeah, I got to come and visit. And you say that every year, and then you never make it. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, definitely set me up. I would love to go and visit them. Yeah, you sure. know, since I started doing the podcast, it's like I feel like I need to, like, visit one winery a week. Like, yeah. I, every week I got to go visit somebody. Just one? Well, I, I got other things to yeah. do. <laughs> you know, I wish I could visit like five a week, but then I'd never get anything done. And my wife would be wondering why we don't have any money. So <laughs> he's like, she's supporting me right now. So, but anyway, so here's a new thing. I, I took a picture of you guys before. You guys have gotten into the beer game. So tell me a little bit of, about how that all came about and why, you know, is that just... Do you think that there's space for Friuli and beer? There's space for Friuli everywhere, let me tell you. No. All right. Uh, the, I mean, the, obviously our, our mission is, you know, what can we put out there that's quality made in Friuli? And I'll let Alex speak more to it because he's really more of the beer aficionado than myself. But, you know, another thing the States taught us is, you know, Craft beer, man. Craft beer is, it's such an umbrella term for so many things. Right. And I think, you know, one of the things that, that particularly Alex really got into when we lived in the U.S., he oh. wasn't really a beer fan. That's your prior. father's fault. Yeah, my father's fault. My father's a big <laughs> beer fan. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, so he started, you know, just drinking and tasting and sampling a lot of, a lot of things. And I think here in Italy, the, the market has started, but I think it's, it's sort of on one end of the spectrum. So like the, the birra artigianale, the artisanal beers here tend to be very particular, very niche. They've got probably a higher price point. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of them are unfiltered. They're kind of like, you know, a little bit wacky. And again, what, you know, one of the things we try to do is like find the empty space and fill it with something good. And so we settled on, you know, a craft beer. So it's, you know, made in Chividale, but something that's, it's a lager. So it's, you know, world's most consumed beer. It's drinkable. It's fresh. It's light. You can drink 10 of them. It is unfiltered, but it's not, you know, scary unfiltered. Okay. And so it was really just aimed at 
finding something that everyone can enjoy and at a price point that everyone can enjoy too. Yeah. Okay. And you, you ask if there is a space for Friuli beer. I think, uh, I, I think there can be a space for everything. Yeah. You know, you just have to believe in it. And first of all, I wanted to say the region has to believe in it, you know, yeah. because uh, that's my only, I have a little critic, you know, in all the Friuli region, you know, because mm. we need to believe. Yeah, I was going to get there too, but go on. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. We, we need to believe in what we have, you know, and support people that those ideas, those, uh, you know, love for their own place, you know. This is for the common good, I think, you know. It's yeah. not for our company, you know, if we, you know, we can make money out of it. It's not that the point. Okay. The point is... Uh, you go to San Francisco, you go to New York, and you read Friuli on the label. Nice. That's the point, you know. It's not Bira Corazza, you know. Right. It's Bira Friuli. So, yeah, guys, right. open your eyes and think about it. Those guys are doing those things, yes, because they have a project, they have a commercial project behind, but primarily there is a region behind that. Yeah. So... Uh, the idea came along when we were in California and we all looked at each other and of course like the beer market was uh, incredible there mm -hmm. and uh, historical wise uh, Friuli has been making beer for a long time Moretti, Teresianer, uh, Absolutely. Castello but of course uh, our idea is to reply the concept of IPA in the US but with our style of beer mm -hmm. think about Lagunitas Lagunitas is a brand and a beer Right. Right. So one specific beer, you know that you're going to drink an IPA. Boom. That's and when it. I th thought that, replied to Friuli, I said, let's do beer Friuli, lager. That's the style of pills and whatever, you know, uh, light beer. Right. And uh, that was the point. Making a good quality beer with our own style, our traditions. And uh, if you pass me that, this has to become the ignusa of the artisanal beer. Nice. You know, Ignusa is a commercial beer, pasteurized. This is a non-pasteurized, like, uh, and non-filtered, like Emily was saying. Okay. And we will always keep it that way, you know. We want to arrive to that point that, sorry, we cannot produce more than that hmm. because uh, for law you have to stay in certain amount of liters per year to be artisanal. Ah. We don't want to pass that. We don't want to become a commercial pasteurized beer, you know. Ah, so there are separate rules for what's exactly. called artisanal beer exactly and it exactly. has to be under a certain amount I exactly didn't know that. exactly and honestly i think here there is the potential to be consumed all in friuli think about all that beer that is consuming friuli absolutely so even that think so are you guys marketing this also in friuli so si, si. can you get beer to friuli in friuli yeah, yeah. so yeah. this is not just an export product no ah okay no no, no. this year we want to consolidate consolidate the regional market okay yeah that's and, for sure and it's actually already international so this birra friuli is also in sweden mm. at the moment the u.s italy and possibly for renee you might be able to find there some out there so. she's she's yeah, yeah she left the room but <laughs> okay i'll 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 uh, ping her on yeah. that the, so, for toronto potentially canada too so yeah, we've been contacted by a, a canadian importer so yeah yeah and canadians drink a lot of beer eh? Uh, and there are a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of Frulan in Can in Canada in Toronto especially in yeah in Canada in, <laughs> in Canada <Canadia>, yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of Frulani there so 
But that's well, that's the point, you know. I have had the beer. That's really good. Thank you. It's super Thank drinkable. You. It is. It's my kind of beer. I'm not a craft beer geeky guy. Mm. I don't like super hoppy, super thick, super malty. I like a beer that I'm gonna drink and enjoy, you know, summertime in the evening, whatever. Uh, so yeah, because I'm and I have friends who are beer geeks, and a friend of mine who's taking a the beer. Ex- judge exam now so he's like super into it and i'm just kind of like yeah I, I don't i don't like any of that super hardcore stuff although i did have an imperial stout the other day that blew my brains out yeah but you can have you can have that but like um i don't know let's compare the beer to a wine for example you can drink the let's say a pignolo of moschione no every right. every time every no, day no exactly. and you can't that. have an imperial stout every exactly. time <laughs> exactly of course they are spectacular product but this is has to be a product that you can have in the morning uh, with, you know, brunch, uh, with sushi, with everything, you know. I thought you were going to say breakfast. Uh, I no, almost breakfast said that. <laughs> I almost said breakfast that. beer. Breakfast of champions. <laughs> I almost said that. We've been there. Know. I'm sure. I don't know if you guys. I know I have. <laughs> Take that edge off the morning after. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's the whole point. And I hope uh, that, let's say, people around us understand this brother you know because as i said this is the for the common good common you know good. the regional get regional that name for you lee out there yeah yeah bringing people tourism here you know and they spend money in the region so yeah. that's that's the whole point super important so getting on to like a little bit of what we kind of touched on before we all love for we live here. You guys work with it. I work with it. I mean, it's just, you know, it's my home. It's our home. But it's not all, you know, flowers and rainbows, rainbows <laughs> and, and unicorns, right? Yeah. So what are some of the big stumbling blocks, some of the big challenges that Freely has as a region, whether it's its wines or its attitudes? And, and I know I have some of my opinions on that, but you guys are out there in the market hearing it from the people you're trying to sell to. So what's kind of some of the, the challenges, the negative feedback that you might be getting out there in the world? You go first. You're the, you're the local. <laughs> <laughs> well, we... Be, be gentle, but yeah, be yeah, honest. And that's, yeah, <laughs> that's my problem sometimes. People, they have to think about to be a, a team, you know, not single player. They have to partner up to think uh, not because they, it's my neighbor, I do better wines than him, you know, start thinking that sorry old school way you know yeah. to make make a big squad like uh, Barolo did like Chianti mm. did uh, like Veneto do you know with uh, Prosecco or whatever even Sicily how can yeah. possibly like Sicilian wines they they were selling grapes 20 years ago yeah. you know they weren't mm. able to do anything and now they are Edna Rosso it seems to be the holy wine you know and that's the new Barolo. Yeah, that's that's insane. I mean, in a good way, but I'll yeah. be Sicilian, you know. I'm exactly. not saying that, you know, I'm not discriminating that. It's just uh, the other way pissed me off because I think we make uh, some of the best wine in the world. No point. No point. So you uh, think that's the, the biggest thing that's, that's holding the, us back? Yeah, they, they have to clean some dust off yeah. themselves, you know, and start thinking differently and... Uh, as I said, there are some great single player that they make uh, phenomenal wines and they have uh, been uh, able to make a point in the Friuli, you know, map and in the Italian map as a wine world. But then, uh, you know, we, 
we need we need a squad to be united right we need a squad to be united uh, and we need to listen more to younger people to the younger ideas you know and if we think that prosecco is the solution here oh boy <laughs> we're done we're done yeah we're done absolutely yeah we're done you know i, I talking to and i know you guys work with uh, petrusa as well right yeah. and yeah. i was talking to paolo one time and he was just incensed because mm. he was saying there are people in prepolto who are planting glera to make prosecco he's like it's it's insane so he's like, yeah, once that starts to happen, he's like, we're, 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 mm. we're losing the battle here yeah. if it's all going to go Prosecco way. I'm sorry, Paolo, but you should go in the night and put some, you know, fire <laughs> exactly. on that. Yeah. Snap the vines exactly. off and pull do them something. out when they're yeah. barbatella. Yeah, exactly. totally. I would do that if I was him. Terrorism. That's what yeah. I need to know. But anyway, is that really the only, because I do see that changing a little bit. Do you see that changing a little bit here? A little it's, bit more teamwork or no? It's not no. yet. I honestly, I, I, I have to say, we have a friend in common like Matteo Bellotto. Of course, he's yeah, no? he, he's actually listening. Echo. He's Ciao listening. Matteo. Ciao. Thankfully, you know, I think he's a great guy. Honestly, for what he does, the knowledge he has, uh, unbelievable. And uh, we need people like him, you know, just to mention a name, uh, or you know, we did some work with Lara also in uh, Promoturismo, no. Mm -hmm. But we need uh, not because. I'm saying that I'm better than someone else, you know, but just uh, think about, think outside the box. Right. That's, that's the point, you know, you, we need to change mm. what we have done. We cannot think about like living in the night is still, okay. It's done. I think if I can add something to that, I think what, what I see along these lines of, of, you know, Matteo and Lara, and I think there are some of the newer generations that have you know gone and studied elsewhere or they've gone and done seasons and harvests and they've they've gone and kind of you know seen what's out there i think the older generations in friuli you know a little bit due to just conditions they didn't have the chance to kind of do that Get out, yeah. the the problem i think that i see is there's still like alex mentioned there's still the barrier to really letting that new generation take the reins fully mm. right so there's still a little bit of that resistance which is understandable look i get it i love this region i i also don't want to see you know 50 euro tasting fees and big you know wineries that look like mausoleums right but that, you know, that's that's a long, long, long way away, and I don't think it has to go there, right? I think the, the older generation tends to think that, you know, the wines just stay here, and we'll just make wine, and people will drink it, and it'll be fine, and we don't, you know, we don't need the rest of the world, and we don't need to bring more people mm -hmm. here, and I don't want things to change. And I think there are younger winemakers and, you know, with a different mentality the the problem is they haven't been fully enabled yet okay but hopefully we can start to get there yeah the problem Slowly. i think is not just the winemaker i think also there is the political issue you know that's yeah. the big anchor yeah. in the whole system you know because we need to speed up the process about doing things like for example well if you if you have an idea we mm. just need to realize it not to talk about it you right know? And uh, whatever it is, like even I think like the name that we lost as Tokai, you know, right. I think that's a big wound in our heart. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, we need to do something to get it back, for example. That's my, my thing. 
Yeah, name, name that a, would be a cool sort of like publicity campaign. Exactly. Fighting for that name back. Yeah, go go the opposite way, you know, and you make yourself, you make people talk about yourself, right? You know, and we need to start making things. There's a there's a precedent, I think, for that floating around with Rifalsk, right? In from Croatia, Croatia wants to enter the EU and all that sort of stuff. And they have this red wine called Rifalsk. And everybody says, no, you got to change it because it's too, or no, no, Prosec. 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 That's the one. Sorry. Prosec. Prosec. Mm -hmm. And so they're considering letting them keep that name. So if they let them keep the name, then we should be like standing up and like jumping on the cars and setting dumpsters on fire saying, we want Tokai back too. Do we make too many different kinds of wines? We do. Yeah. Mm, We do. Yeah, not, not only that. I mean, if you think about, you know, you think about Piemonte, you got Nebbiolo and maybe one white grape. If you talk about Arneas, yeah. there's others, but they're minor. You talk about Chianti, you're talking about Sangiovese, you're talking about Burgundy, you're talking about Pinot Noir. Here but, we got so many. And it's the same problem, right? It's yeah. because people won't stick together and come to a decision that benefits everyone. Right. It's all, you know, every, every winery here used to make, you know, everything. Right. You could find 20 wines Some of them on still one do. property. So a lot of them still do. And nobody wants to sit around a table and come to an agreement because that's what's going to put Friuli on the map. And so it hasn't happened. Right. We have too many, too many DOC that makes no sense mm-hmm. too. Right. The, I don't know. What's the most famous DOCG that we have in Friuli? Ramandolo? Yeah. Where do you want to go with that? Well, do we, do we DOCG, do, are we, do we have... Uh, Rosazzo is a DOCG now. Is that a is that a DOCG? Yeah, but, but it's like one producer. What what do you do with that? You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, come on, guys. We have we have to we have to make critical decision, but not for tomorrow. For the next twenty years, of you course. Know? And that's the point. You have to see in twenty years, not in two years. You know, and sometimes totally you know they see oh twenty twenty one we sold out the whole like uh, cantina, you know, we have no wine in the cellar. Oh, good. We're done. No, that's not the point, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you need to, you need to see the future. Otherwise. Uh, so what, in your opinion, what, if you could pare it down to just a couple of whites and a couple of reds, I'll give you two and two. What would be the white grapes and the red grapes that you would save? Mm, tough question (laughs) see and this is the question that every winemaker deals with right it's like killing one of your kids you know it's like oh i've always loved malvasia but you know maybe friulana would be better an answer you can both answer us okay (laughs) well i I think of course like friulano friulano Friulano, but let's try to get the name back to kai okay And there's a varietal, I mean, I will keep the um, native varietal, so the Malvasia. So you would give up your your beloved Merlot? As a white. I thought two whites and two reds. Two whites and okay, okay, go on. Okay. Native grape variety. Yeah, yeah. We uh, have a lot. We have Ribola, we have Malvasia, we have Tokai. Yeah, but I think Malvasia and Tokai as a white and uh, Merlot and Schiopettino as a red. Those are low and skipatino. Yeah, yeah. All right. Honestly, yeah. No Rifosco. Mm. I'll fight you on that one. Um, I love <laughs> I love Rifosco. So Rifosco gets a bad rap. I love it. I think so it's I. I think well, it's we're drinking it right now. We're drinking Rifosco yeah. from one of these, you know, crazy little DOCs, right? From Aquila. And I love it. I think it's great. I I I would pick Rifosco. 
Yeah. Rafalsko and Schiopettino. Schiopettino also yeah, for sure. For sure. But then, you know, tell that to Ben Little. He'll he'll jump on you. Yeah. You know, he's like, Pinola! <laughs> sorry, Ben. <laughs> you know, sorry, Ben. But yeah, yeah, what are you going to do? You, and, and again, you get into these conundrums. Okay, well, we got to... You know, we got to keep Pignola. So now we just got three. Okay, yeah, but we don't, like, won't do two. We'll just do three. But now but it's Galera. Like, where does that come from? No. That's not even, you no. know, like that, that's how that's how far off we are. We're not, we're not even talking about, you know, okay, now producers are talking about planting Malvasia. Okay, that would be a start. No, they're talking about planting Galera? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? It was, sorry. It's because they need money. You know, everybody's under this financial pressure. I know. I, the, and the thing, the thing, though, is that you can't, expect to make money if you follow the market with something that takes minimum three years to start yielding right so like we gotta start thinking in a in a different way because yeah. if if you're responding now with something that is going to be ready in three years something else is going to be on mm -hmm. the top of people's minds and in their glass in three to five years exactly you know? and that's when the region should support the producers too you know okay let's plan uh, who has Pinot Grigio, who has uh, Glera, you know, will help you out uh, to replant only Frulano, mm. Malvasia, you know, native varietals, whatever it is, uh, you know, for the next 10 years. And then you need to do a publicity, a campaign on those specific wines. Okay. You know, to the world, you know. You can, like, do, uh, change the name Frulano and advertise it only in the region at the Sagre. Exactly. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? Yeah. Come on. Are you exactly. kidding me? You're going to sell the Frulano anyway. Exactly. Everybody's going to call it Tokai anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Just invest the money in, in the world to speak to the world. Yeah. yeah you have Come to create on. the market. You have to, you know, be proactive, believe exactly. in it, and go create it. Yeah. Not follow kind of what's happening elsewhere that's, because that's, you think you're going to make money. Maybe. That's a really good point. You know, I've been saying for a long time that the wineries that I've found here that are are the best and have had the most success are been the ones that have always sort of followed their own path. Uh, you know, they've never sort of said, Oh wait, Mama Zia's hot. So, okay, we're going to tear out all the Pinot Grigio and plant Mama Zia. Oh wait, Sauvignon's hot. We're going to tear out all the Mama Zia and put in some, you know what I mean? And, and a lot of producers actually do that, that they'll sort of say, okay, things seem to be leaning towards, you know, lighter style wines. So we're going to make wines with less alcohol or we're going to change the varieties or whatever. So there's, there's, there's not this sort of commitment to making one type of wine that's yours, even just as a, as a winery, but as a region, you know what I mean? So, oh, wait, everybody wants wines that are 12.5% alcohol now? Okay, so let's pick in August, you know, because we need less alcohol. So, you know, there needs to be a united sort of direction as identity. far as I'm concerned. An identity, identity yeah. Right. And that's what Friuli lacks, I yep. think. That's why, you know, Etna has an identity. It's Narello Mascalese, for God's sake. And that's all it is. Here, yeah, what do we do? So how do you guys hmm. communicate freely? And then, then we're going to finish up because we're, we're over an hour here, and I'll let you guys go home and have dinner. Um, so how do you communicate that? I know Matteo talks a lot about how, you know, we have to communicate this idea that, it's like a symphony. There's lots of different players and every player plays its high notes and its low notes and we all have to play together. So how do you sort of bring that message out into the market in the States? And then, you know. Well, uh, you know, as I said, uh, I think uh, sincerity, you know, when I'm in front of an audience uh, and uh, 
open a bottle of wine. I just try to tell the true story of the family, the region, and all that. And that's, I see eyes shining, you know? People are loving it. And that's, uh, I think that's the key. Transmit the passion, the love, the tradition that we have. Uh, and and I know for sure that behind that bottle, the, the, at that point, you know, I'm so sure because we make good wines in Friuli. So we when you open really a good wines when you open a bottle, you know, and you you have to be very unlucky to find a bad one sometimes, you know. It's true for a price point too. I think unless it's oxidized Radicon in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Happens. <laughs> so that's that's the that's the thing that is a great point to start. You know, I was sad. I was critical. I wanted you know to give a little bit of shit to you know some institutions, uh, but. Uh, Going back, we make great wines, guys. So we have a great point to start from. Let's work on it. And work on from work, yeah. work on it from there. Emily, it's, it's going back for me. It's it. You know what Alex always says is simplicity is king, and it's going back to bringing that. You know that experience that I had at Yakus. It's bringing that type of just like sheer rustic simplicity back into the market. I think there's there's a lot of like, you know, big, flashy, fancy marketing that goes on. And I think the thing that, that Friuli has going for it, which again, who better to really portray this than, you know, a bunch of, bunch of people from the area itself. It's simple. The wines are good. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't have any fancy, fancy marketing behind it. it. It doesn't, you know, we don't have wineries that produce 20 million bottles a year. It's simple. It's family run. And you know what? It's damn good wine. Yeah. And I think just having the, the wherewithal to really just communicate that simplicity is key. And that's, again, that's why it's so important to bring distributors and people that are, you know, sommeliers and, and wine buyers. It's so important to bring them here so that they they get that, they feel that, and then they can transmit that too. Cool. By but the you, way, we are yeah. doing a buyer's trip in May. We're bringing here like 16 people from uh, the West Coast. So Okay, yeah, in that's May? That's going to be big. Yeah. Cool. 16 mm -hmm. people, that's a big trip. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, I hope, I hope to see you guys then. Of course. Without whatever you do. And thank you guys. With that, I'm going to, on that uplifting, positive note of sincerity and honesty in winemaking and, and in, in philosophy, Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Alex, for being here thank for you, more thank than you. an hour, almost an hour and 15 minutes. I, I want to thank everybody on Clubhouse tonight who came in, Renee and Alexander and, and all the folks who were here, also the folks who were just listening and hang for being up on stage. So thank you for spending your time with us. Safe travels back to this. Are you both going back? No, just, just him just this time. Him? Okay, well, she doesn't Alex, want to come. I can understand <laughs> why. But safe travels, Alex. Nice to meet you, Emily. Guys, keep in touch and thank you very much Grazie for spending time with us. Thank you. Thanks, Robbie. Hey, I want to thank everybody this evening for coming. Thank you for listening. I appreciate uh, Natalie Benlolo, our co-host, Rob Milani, our sound guy. Follow me on La Taverna Friuli on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram at Wayne McGrape. And you can find this awesome music on YouTube at Beat Ambassador. Finishes with an A. Thank you.